Hello everybody, welcome back to Eminem Podcast, the Canberra Football Show. I'm your host, Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today, I'm very glad to have him back, is Jeremy Magan of uh, Capital Football, and he's the main MPLW uh, reporter in terms of the wrap-ups the uh, and the reviews and whatnot. Jeremy, glad to have you back today. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Matt? Thanks for having me. Always a, always a pleasure being here at Sopeto for this beautiful podcast. All right. Thank you very much. And also, I should uh, mention, um, you've got your own uh, podcast now, the uh, the French football podcast, the first one in Australia, apparently. I had no idea until I listened to yours. And that is also called The Farmer's Corner. Do you want to talk a little bit about it before we st- uh, start with MPL1? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, uh, I'm French and I'm a big fan of Ligue 1 and I'm uh, trying to get some information about the championship before it started and I couldn't get proper one in English so I decided to um, you know start my own and uh, get all the information that I can have from the mother country and make it a, an English podcast but yeah Farmers Corner FC the number one English podcast about Ligue 1 in Australia I love it <laughs> I love I love that name by the way <laughs> why, why did you choose that name oh I mean everyone's was taking the piece calling Ligue 1 the, the Farmers League uh, and uh, and so I thought it was funny to call it the, the Farmers Corner FC but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's actually fun and the, the league has start, started pretty well. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm about to post the second podcast tonight. Awesome. Uh, we'll uh, stay tuned for that. I enjoy that very much. And I look forward to going on talking about the uh, rivalry between Italy and France. <laughs> it's not, there's no rivalry. France is way too good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least now anyway. I'm talking about the good old days. You know what I mean? when, they were actually, when Italy were actually good. Anyway, we'll wait for the Euros. Who knows what can happen? Indeed. Anyway, um, let's start with MPL1. We'll get straight into it. And uh, Russ will be back next week. We're trying to get Frank Kasher on the show as well. So we can have the main... Uh, MPL1 commentary or the most consistent MPL1 commentary duo of the year so they can give you what uh, their thoughts as a collective what they thought about the what they thought about the general season and what their predictions or thoughts are on the final series and the final four which we'll discuss right now and Michael should be back with us next week as well all right let's get started MPL1 will start with the first match of the round this week and that was Minari Panthers versus Tuggerong United. Uh, Bassa Silk with a goal in the 10th minute, and then we had Tuggerong with Boosnell uh, to start the first, sorry, to start the second half in the 48th minute. And what, like we've mentioned a bit on the show, Russ has mentioned quite a bit as well, uh, Minari played quite well. However, once again, they didn't get the result. It's still been eluding them. And, but there was, uh, I might mention, for those who didn't see the game, there was a, they scored a goal, but it was offside. Um, that was right at the end of the game, so that, that was a bit of a bummer for the Minari fans in attendance. Uh, however, there's no way they could make finals now. They would have needed to at least win, but then they would have needed everyone, everything else to go their way. So <laughs> it was already an uphill battle for Minari in that regard. Uh, it just seems to be this whole um, playing well, not uh, sorry, playing well but not getting the results, but also sort of lacking a little bit in the defense seems to be the thing of Minari's season at the moment. Yeah, it's all great to play well, Jeremy. But if you're not getting the results, that's 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 it doesn't it doesn't really matter how well you play. I'm sorry, but that's just uh, that's just uh, the you know what I mean that's the thing. Like Woden as well. I remember um, Ulysses came on and he said, "Look, uh, we're playing we're playing all right, we're playing well, but you know we're not getting the results, and that's not where we want to be." So um, yeah, but Jeremy, what do you think about this matchup overall? Yeah, look, I think there's two ways to see the season for Monaro, right? We, we've discussed it. You can be very positive because they've almost won a few of their games and they got unlucky a couple of times. Uh, and you can also be, uh, you know, a little bit critical because they weren't able to... 
they were unable to keep clean sheets uh, most games. I think they're a young side. That was their first season without um, Josh Golovski. So he was such an important striker last it, season. He was a big loss, no, without a doubt. And, and I think you know we again we we've talked about it, but finding the the automatism and finding how to play forward with a new striker is a task. Uh, I think to get back to what you were saying, you need to have a strong defense to start with, and and you need to build from a strong defense. And if you if you don't concede any goals, then you only have to score one. No, indeed, and from a Tagon perspective, um, I think they would still be happy with the draw, considering that the other results went their way. However, if uh, I'm, I'm assuming if they got the win, they would have been even happier, because then that would have put less of an, then that would have put them in the driving seat, considering Tigers lost as well on the weekend. So Tagonong, just a bit of perspective: if Tagonong, they need to beat Canberra Croatia this week, but they also need to hope that Tigers either lose or draw, and then they will get into the uh, final four. Uh, due to due to the latter, um, did, I, did I say that wrong, Jeremy? Or uh, oh, I think even even if Tigers win, uh, Turgonong will go ahead of Belconen then because oh, true, true. Still point. I, I said that it's funny. I was talking to Russ about this earlier <laughs> in the day, and I, I forgot once again. I forgot. But Belko is facing Tigers. <laughs> too, many, too many scenarios uh, going on. I think uh, to, to talk about Turgonong, I think Mitch Stevens will be very happy. They are on four games without a loss right now. They started uh, with two losses this season, and then. Uh, two wins, two draws. I think it's very positive for for Tugernong and I think it prepares them well for the final four if they make it. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, at the start of the season, no one even gave. I would say no one even gave them a chance at the top four. Uh, in terms of the side. recruitment, it's in terms of the recruitment of everyone. Like Mitch Stevens, like we keep saying every podcast, but he's working on a on a budget, on a shoestring budget compared to everyone else. But he can get the best out of his players, which. Um, which hasn't, which you know, which has worked really well for them right now, and they're getting the results. And more importantly, I think what separates Tugranong from the others is that they always show up for the big games. They're always a certainty, which is why I would, if uh, Mitch Stevens would um, like fancies his his side's chances against Canberra Croatia, even though they haven't lost a game this season, he would fancy their chances in terms of getting a result because they always show up for the big games. You look at Gungalan, uh they uh, of course they beat Gungalan last week, and. They got, I think it was a draw against Belconnen. Yeah, draw against um, So they've got very good results against big teams. So, so look, Tagoronga, I, I, I wouldn't count them out. I really would not count them out this uh, this uh, final season in terms of making it in the top four. But, um, yeah, they need to win. If they don't win, uh, uh, Tigers will Tigers will make it. But also, if they don't win, uh, Canberra Olympic can win, mm-hmm. and then they won't make it. So um, they, it's a must win for them this uh this year, uh, what do you? Uh, any last thoughts on that before we move on? Well, the chance they can have facing Canberra Croatia is Canberra Croatia, and we'll come back on that. Um, he's already has already won the league now. Yeah. They're, they're premiers, uh, so they don't have anything to play this weekend. And if anything, um, they'll probably Dino Greenwich might put a couple of players on the side to get ready for the round robin. So I think Turkmenon can can fancy an upset. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's the uh, thing that the other um, clubs will be looking at. They'll be going, oh, they've already won the title, maybe. <laughs> Maybe they won't try as hard, but you don't know. It's hard to say. It's it's hard to say. I mean, um, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, but either way, like I said, you need to go out. Uh, every team needs to go out and win if they want to possibly get there. I mean, Tigers can maybe afford a draw, but they need everything else to go their way. So we'll mention that a little bit later on. Anyway, uh, either way, that was um, Minara still eluding uh, more points, and they put themselves in a position where if they lose next week to Gungahlin and Woden win, then they'll, then they'll get the wooden spoon, mm-hmm. which this year doesn't matter so much because obviously there's no relegation, but it doesn't set a great precedent in terms of um, 
in terms of building on next season. But in saying that though, um, I'm sure the board there at Monaro will try and uh, regroup and regather for next season as will, well, as, as, uh, and sort of put their project together and get it back on the track. They've definitely got the, uh, the history and the, um, the know-how to do it. They just got to get back on track. Let's not forget they had a very good season last season. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how it sort of worked out for them this season, considering, um, they did very, very well last season. Obviously yeah. they, it didn't end as, uh, it didn't end as well as they started last season, but still. Anyway, so let's move on to Canberra Olympic 3, Gangalan 3. I've got to say, there's a lot of talking points from this one. We had Tanoski, Popovich, and Piccolo scoring the goals for Canberra Olympic, and then Canberra, and then for Gangalan, we had Golevsky and, with 2, and then we had John also scoring. Like I said, a lot of talking points. Quite a lot of rough challenges. We saw a lot of cards, Jeremy. We saw a lot of Simbin dismissals, mm-hmm. at least 2 or 3, for, mm-hmm. for descent towards either towards the ref or just uh, descent in general. Uh, one included uh, Olympic keeper Rory Larkin, who uh, got sent off for 10 minutes, which led to Jay Kelly having to defend the penalty. Uh, he did it right, though. He went the right way. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he, I don't believe he conceded after that in that regard. Um, so he, he did well in that regard. So he had to stay there for 10 minutes. So obviously, um, Rory Larkin came back on once that mm-hmm. was done. Uh, I personally don't think uh, Robbie Katnack will be very happy with how his team has once again conceded two goals in the final minutes. Uh, final 15 minutes is happening against Canberra Croatia, let's not forget, a week and a half ago. Um, so yeah, it puts themselves in a very bad position because considering Tigers lost and Tiger and Drew, if they won this match, which they were looking to do for the majority of the game, this would have put them in the driving seat for the top four. Yeah. Um, and of course, Olympic lately anyway, have, and historically, aren't a club which are known to at least not make in the top four. So this puts a lot of... Um, I, I would say puts pressure on the club going into the final game. Um in that regard uh, what, before we move on to Gungahlin what do you think about Olympic in this regard uh, look it's Robbie Gatanach's first season uh, and it's it's always hard to uh, to go behind uh, Frank Kasha and to to coach for the first time as well uh, he, he clearly won't be happy about about yesterday's game about Sunday's game sorry um, they played 10, 10 against 11 for 20 minutes in the first half. Uh, Dominici first was sent in the sin bin and then Rory Larkin, like you said, he made the decision to substitute Dominici when that happened. So maybe he wasn't too happy about a sin bin against one of his players. Um, I, I think it could have been worse for them. Like you said, Jake Kelly was between the post and they didn't concede more than that penalty kick. Uh, but once they've got through that and they go back to 11 players each side and yet they concede at the 73rd and the 94th minute, it, it's uh, it's not it's not the, the best end for for the game and now yeah they'll be they'll need a, a lot of circumstances to be able to make it to the top four yeah uh, the fate won't fate won't be in their hands mm-hmm. as they like to say um, yeah into it's yeah you know, I'm sure Robbie will try and be working midweek in terms of um, uh, working on on the defense try not to concede late I guess it's I guess it's sort of like circumstantial as well every game's different. Um, however, that for that to happen twice against two of the best teams, to be fair as well, exactly. to be fair to Robbie, but I'm um, sure they'll be working on that in terms of uh, um, lapses and that sort of thing. Um, but that stoppage time goal, let's not forget, for Gungahlin has confirmed them in the top four. Even if they lose to Minara on Saturday, it won't matter. They still will be in the top it. four. I do believe that Marcel, this is what, the second game that, uh, that they haven't gotten to win. Mm-hmm. So I think Marcel will be getting his side raring to go for this last match, even if they've made it. I think he'll want to win on the board to get 
good momentum going in because one point from two games isn't exactly great momentum heading into the final. So I'm sure Marcel will be really looking to push his side this Saturday night at Riverside against Monaro to get, get the win and get a good win as well. Um, that's They'll definitely be looking for that momentum. What do you think about um, Gungalan heading into the final series? They've conceded a little bit lately and um, have gone behind twice as well in two weeks now. Yeah. But they have found a way to come... Well, sorry, not against Tuggeron, but they found a way to come back and get the draw today anyways. What, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, look, in the last three games, you know, the, the Tigers, they score at the uh, um, end minute all the, way at the, all the way at the end, and then they lose to Tuggeron, and then they equalize at the very end of the game against uh, Olympic. So, like you said, I don't, I don't imagine um, Marcel Minoso or any of the players being happy with, with what happened. I, I think also that... Um, the penalty kick that they score against Olympic is a bit of a lucky one. The free kick whistle before uh, maybe it was at a foul and then the penalty kick was a bit of a 50-50 challenge. Uh, so they they got a couple of good decisions and then they got a 94th minute equalizer. Uh, we know how Gungaling is used to play. They are the champions. Uh, I can't see him being happy with the, the level of the level that his players are showing right now and conceding five goals in two games uh, is no, no coach would like that. So it, it's good the way the season is right now for him because if he wins on on Saturday night, he can make sure that he's uh, second on the ladder and then he has another three games to sort of go back to where he wants to be. So it's not the end of the world, but it's definitely some work to do for them. And moving on to Canberra Croatia versus Belkan United, 3-2, Badac, Kishta and Ugrinic with the goals for Canberra Croatia. Belkanen, Flores and Melik, beautiful goal from Melik as well, might I add, in the 80th minute. But of course, a big talking point from this is Canberra Croatia are the champions. This is their first um, league title in two years after they won the treble with uh, Paul McCaw, of course. I believe it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely wasn't last season. Um, so, that, uh, so congratulations to Canberra Croatia first and foremost. And... Um, I think I saw a stat, this is their 24th league title. So everyone knows historically that um, they're a big club in this region and once again they've proved it, which is, um, like I said, it's interesting considering last season, you know, they didn't have the best of starts, but they were able to make that miraculous comeback to the top four. Now under Dean Ulgrinich, obviously a coach who's won it before three years ago with Belconnen and a lot of the, there's a lot of parallels actually between players at Belconnen and coaches uh, between Belconnen and Camp Croatia and coaches. <laughs> both the coaches have coached each side, and there's a lot of players like Gerbisher and Ugrinich who play for both sides, uh, just to name a few. So it's always a big matchup between these two. It was a dramatic way to uh, win the title at the end. Ugrinich, of course, scoring the 95th minute, and um, yeah, like I said, it was. Um, it's not the first time they've had this late comeback. They started the season like this against Monaro, let goal in the last minute. And they did it against Olympic as well, of course, a week and a half ago in the midweek rescheduled match. Uh, I think, personally, this is a very... People can look at this from the other aspect and say, well... Um, people can say, well, you know, they only scored late on. That's not going to happen every game. But this has happened a few times for them. And I think it's a, it's a very handy aspect to have in your, in your locker for Dean Ugrinich's side, especially heading into the finals when the game's really, it's really, it's a really close match or you're just losing or you're just drawing or it's, you know, it's the nitty gritty stuff and then you have uh, this in your side to pull from the bottom, from the depths and uh, get a result of some sort, I think is a really good aspect heading into the final um, stages of the season. What, what about you, Jeremy? 
Yeah, I think Russ Gibbs would be uh, would know what that is. It's, it's called Fergie time, isn't it? Uh, you know, Ugrinich. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Ugrinich has that in his team, um, scoring at the end, winning the the ball at the end. They've they've taken no prisoners this season. They haven't lost a game, um, one draw and five wins. They deserve uh, their their title. And really, congratulations to uh, Ugrinich and and his player. They've shown you know they've shown I think a lot of triumph against uh, Tigers and against Wooden Western and then when they faced teams that were you know n not superior to them but that were bringing up the fight uh, they've fought for the whole 90 minutes and, and a bit more as well that, that's how long the game lasts so, uh, so really good on them for, for never giving up uh, and you know on a side note I think it was really good to hear uh, Grace Gill behind the microphone with Russ Gibbs uh, on the weekend um, it was uh, yeah it was, it was very good commentaries from, from both of them no, indeed, indeed it was. And I believe Grace Gillers will also be doing another match next week or the week after or something like that with the Lock and Roberts, I believe. Um, I, I forgot what, ma what match that is. You can probably, <laughs> you can probably look it up for me. But, um, but um, yeah, no, uh, so it was great to see her on commentary. And, of course, uh, Russ always doing a fantastic job. Uh, before we wrap this up, though, from a Bell Conan point of view, of course, I think they'll be a little bit disappointed considering they had it. They looked like they had it um, wrapped up anyway. And uh, a lot of times this season, they look like they've had that sort of win wrapped up in that regard um i don't think considering where they are at the moment i don't think they'll be uh looking at it too negatively though they'll be like all right let's regroup they went you know obviously they're not out of it yet um they only need a draw against the tigers to make it through to the finals so i think they'll just be picking themselves up and going all right let's not dwell too negatively on this let's uh, regroup let's prepare for next week um luca mccall was out for this matchup though he was injured and let's not forget last week he got a fantastic goal uh so uh from all my contacts I've heard is a good chance he could be back this weekend against uh, Tigers. Uh, he did uh, warm up for the match, but they decided not to play him, which uh, was probably the right idea if you want to keep him for finals. It's, it's never good to take that sort of mm -hmm. risk. We saw it with Ashley Sykes at the start of the season, MPLW as well. And um, Luca Flores, once again, got on the team show. We've talked about him a lot this season. He's really progressed. However, uh, there was an incident there which he got pile-drived by uh, Matt Gerbisher. <laughs> NFL style, running from about 200 300 meters, he just barged into him, yeah, and he, a tough uh, foul. very tough foul. And um, it looked, it didn't look good uh, for um, Flores. He was on the ground for a couple of minutes. I hope he's all right. Um, he did get back to his feet, and I believe he uh, resumed the game. So mm -hmm. hopefully he's all right in that regard. Um, hopefully he'll be able to play this weekend if uh, all's well. And um, but yeah, in terms of Belcon and I. Yeah, I don't think they're going to uh, look on this too negatively, Jeremy. I think they're just going to look at it and say, all right, look, you know, these things happen, I guess, and Canberra Crush have done it to a lot of people. Let's just move on. Let's sweep, uh, let's uh, get back on our feet and let's uh, try and get a result against Tigers. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a, there's a, a clear disappointing factor in the fact that if Belkonen wins this weekend, uh, they have 13 points like Canberra Croatia, so the title is still reachable, and now they just sort of given it to, to yep. Canberra Croatia. Uh, but but as, far as, the, as far as the game goes, they, they fought well. Uh, you know, like we said before, Canberra Croatia just plays the, the whole 96 minutes. Uh, Marco will probably tell his team that we need to make sure next time this happens, we do play the 96 minutes. Uh, and, and they need to do that this weekend onwards because the Tigers want to go to the top four. So Belconen now has to at least get a draw if they want to be able to play the, the top four run robin and find themselves uh, potentially in the final, which I'm sure is an objective of Paul McCor. Oh, without a doubt. And. Uh Let's move on to the last matchup of MPL round six. Uh, we've got Woden Weston, who got their first massive win of the season um, against Tigers FC. It was an own goal from Juno, however, it was a well-forced one from Woden Weston. Like I said, massive win for them. Uh, Ulysses De Silva would be extremely pleased with this result. Uh, like we talked about last week, how 
can this be the monkey off their back since they finally scored the week before? Um, and then it, it should, like, everything might come a little bit uh, easier in that regard. And um, I'm sure internally, like, I had a chat to him, you'll hear here, he said, I don't, I don't think the goal, finally getting the goal is the only thing. But you'd think internally, that's what everyone would be thinking. Well, we finally got that goal. It's a monkey, it's a, it's a monkey off our back. It, everything will get easier from here, or at least uh, everything will uh, get a little bit brighter from here anyway. And it did today, and they got the win. Um, and they held it for, for a while as well. They defended well. Like I said, I don't think Woden have played... I, don't, I think they've played quite well uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, but like I said, like Minara, it's um, easier to dwell on the, um, the negatives on that regard when you play well, but you don't get the result because at the end of the day, all you want is the result. And Ulysses came on here and he said that, look, results haven't been good enough. I take, uh, I take um, full responsibility for it, but we're working... We're using this season to build on next season. And like we said on the show, we said it with Tuggeron as well before they um, went on this uh, good streak. We said, look, if there's any season... And, and, and it's, it applies for Minara as well. If there's any season where you want to build for next season and uh, you want to get these bad results out of the way, it's this season, mm-hmm. um, considering there's no relegation in that regard. Uh, but like I said, uh, congratu- congratulations to Woden Weston. Um, they've got their points on the board. And like I said, if they can, if they can beat Olymp- somehow beat Olympic next week um, and Minara end up losing or if they draw... Uh, then they won't finish last. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not something that a uh, Ulysses to Silver side probably would have thought at the start of the season, internally anyway. And now they could find themselves off the bottom if things go their way and if, of course, they get the win. And in terms of Tigers, I think they'll be quite disappointed with this loss um, uh, because it puts them in a must-win position this weekend yeah. against Belconnen. If they got the win they uh, this weekend, they probably would have avoided that in that regard or at least put less pressure on them. Uh, like I said, if they lose, they'll need both. Uh, they can lose, but they'll need both Tuggeron and Olympic to both lose as well to stay alive. Um, like I said, that's uh, they need to. You know, if they win, all this is avoided. Uh, I think they can still draw and make it as well, but they need results to go the way. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think Tuggeron need to lose, Not win. Yeah. and I think Olympic can win and they can make it through. But Olympic, I think, need to put four on their opponent. <laughs> to uh, they need to put four on Woden um, to make it through. If Tuggeron draw so but yeah like I said if um it's sorry if Tigers draw so um it's all in their hands Tigers uh it's always good to uh, like we're going to mention this a little bit later with the uh, Canberra Olympic MPLW but if you've got the um fate in your hands it's uh it makes it a little bit better doesn't it what do you think of this um result yeah well you know like you said we, we need to congratu- congratulate Wooden Western um last week they scored their first goal uh this weekend they get their first win and their first clean sheet uh, which is a boost for both offense and defense. Um, so Ulis da Silva is definitely building for, for next season, and that's a good way to end this season. And, and again, there's that little round robin for the sort of losing side. Uh, so there's a few games for him to, to keep doing that. As far as the Tigers go, um, you know, I can't, I can't imagine that Ryan Grogan will be too happy. Um, it, it also shows that when the Tigers plays at home, there's no home advantage. Uh, you know, they, they don't train down uh, in Kuma, so going to play there for them is not necessarily an advantage but I would assume that playing against the one team that still has zero point on the ladder um, they didn't see a defeat coming uh, it, they still have faith in their hand like you said but it's against Belconnen uh, and if Belconnen doesn't win Belconnen can get out of the top four so it's going to be it's going to be a very hard game this weekend both teams are going to come uh, very motivated so so yeah I think yeah I think Ryan Grogan would have definitely Loved another result in the loss uh, to Wooden Western. I certainly would have. And that match, let's not forget, Tigers as Belconnen will be commentated by the usual duo of Frank Keisha and Russ Gibbs this Saturday. And 
Yeah, no, it's um, a very interesting round, to say the least, of MPL mm-hmm. one. And um, and uh, before we uh, move on to the fixtures, I had a chat with uh, the winning coach this week, Ulysses De Silva, in this matchup, and this is what he had to say. A good match for you guys on the weekend, getting your first win of the season, uh, heading out to Nijong Oval over there in Kuma. What did you make of your side's performance? I thought it was a good performance. Um, I thought it was um, good to see the the, the players um, perform to what they're capable of. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good showing by us. And once you guys got the monkey off your back in terms of scoring uh, your first goal last week, did you feel it was only a matter of time before you guys picked up a win? Because you guys have been playing quite well in a lot of your previous matches, but hadn't been able to score, so now the monkey's finally off. Yeah, uh, look, I, I wouldn't have... Um, I, would have um, I wouldn't put it directly to, you know, scoring the first goal. I, I think you, you mentioned that, you know, I thought we've been doing um, okay um, in previous games, but uh, the, you know, the, the results didn't really reflect that. Um, and so... Uh, you know, from those previous games, we sort of, you know, reflected and identified areas that we can improve on. So I always had, you know, confidence that um, the results would come. Um, probably took a little bit longer than what I wanted, but um, but that's okay. We're, we're on our way now. Yeah, and um, you mentioned you're on your way. How do you feel the, um, in general, the... Uh the process is going in terms of building for next season. You mentioned that to me last time we had a chat. Yeah, look, yeah, again, you know, uh, uh, I hope that we get um, better results earlier, um, but um, they are what they are. And um, we, but now it's actually given us, you know, after the result yesterday, it, it really has given us a, a much stronger platform to, to build on. Um, and and so the yeah the the plan for um, twenty twenty one um, continues and um, you know we're we're just making progress uh, down you know taking a little little step further along the way so yeah it's all it's all um, going to plan. And you guys have a massive matchup next week against Canberra Olympic. How are you guys going to prepare for that one? And um, what are you guys looking to get out of it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game against Olympic. Um, in preparation for our game uh, against Tigers, I watched the the, uh, the game of Olympic and Tigers, and I thought Olympic were great. Um, they were they played some good football, um, and I think they're one of the the better footballing um, teams in the in the competition. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, matching up against them. Okay, the MPL one round seven fixtures are here, and they are. Bel- this is the last round of the regular season. We've got Belconnen United versus Tigers, like I just mentioned before. Saturday, 3 p.m. at AIS Field Two. That match has been rescheduled. Uh, I think it was supposed to be at 5:30 or something mm-hmm. like that before they rescheduled it. And then we've got Monaro Panthers versus Gungahlin United, 5:30 on Saturday at Riverside Football Stadium. That should be another cracking match. And then we've got Woden Weston versus Canberra Olympic Saturday, 6.25 at Melrose Synthetic. And then the only match on Sunday, we have Canberra Croatia versus Tuggerong United. As we mentioned, that's a must win for them. 
That's Sunday, 4.45 at Deakin Stadium. So there's some cracking matches to see, and Russ will be commentating the uh, match with Tuggerong as well from Deakin Stadium. Okay, now moving on to uh, Jeremy Magan's specialty, the mm-hmm. MPLW. Uh, before we get into round six, um, Jeremy, I believe there was a uh, rescheduled matchup uh, from round <laughs> four. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, rescheduled one half, where mm-hmm. Woden Weston defeated Monaro in, the, in their second half encounter 2-0. What were your th- uh, quick thoughts on this one half of football? Yeah, well, first win for Woden Weston, uh, which, which is a, a big deal for them, obviously. Uh, clean sheet as well. Uh, always good to have the captain Van der Broek scoring two goals um, at the hour mark and one in injury time. Uh, you know, Mark Boyd will be hap- happy that that win finally happened. Um, they, are, they were at uh, three points uh, after that game, and you know, they could have dreamed of potentially still going all the way up to to fourth place before the before the weekend game against uh, Tergrenong. Uh, yeah, it, it was good for Wooden Western to, to get that win. It's it's important for them. Last season, they just missed the top four, and this season, things didn't really go that way. Um, so I'm sure they were happy to get that midweek cold winter win. <laughs> yeah, Woden Park enclosed, and there was another match that got postponed, so I'm assuming next week we'll, be, uh, we'll bring you the mm-hmm. updates from this one. So that was Monaro Panthers once again. Um, so that, that fixture was washed out and uh, it was, uh, uh, according to Capital Football, it was agreed to be postponed by both of the clubs to mm-hmm. a later date. Uh, that one was supposed to take place at Riverside at 1 p.m. on Saturday. So let's move on to the second uh, matchup of the round, which was Belcon United defeating Wagga City Wanderers 8-0. Jeremy, you were at this match. I believe the first half was a little bit closer than the score would have indicated. I'm sure you'll mention a little bit about that. Well, at least in terms of the play. Um, at least the first half an hour anyway. Um, uh, like, like you said, even um, Wog's performance was um, better in the first half than the second half, but as I'm sure you're going to mention, uh, keeping up that sort of performance against Bell Connery is very difficult over 90 minutes. And yeah, um, but in saying that though, um, Wog knew this was going to be a tough task heading in uh, for Bell Connery on the other hand, like I said, another dominant performance and they're still yet to concede a goal besides the one goal they conceded to Gungarlan. And I also looked at Gungahlin, I've only conceded two goals. So um, it's going to be an interesting last few, uh, final series anyway, to say the least. Um, I'm looking forward to their matchup against Canberra Croatia next mm-hmm. week, as we all are. Um, because a lot of Canberra Croatia matches especially, usually a lot of goals. And so is Belconnen's. But Belconnen never really concede any goals. Mm-hmm. So I'm really intrigued to see how this matchup works out. I think it'll be close, but not in terms of a lot of goals. But before we head on to there, what did you think about this matchup and first just start with Wagga and uh, how they play how they played in the first half compared to the second yeah look we, we mentioned that with uh, Sarah West who was in the commentary with me the um, under 17 coach at Cameron United Academy uh, was in the box with me on Saturday afternoon we mentioned that it was a little bit of uh, you know that that's a word that everyone throws around but a bit of a master class by Sam Gray uh, at least ta- tactic wise you know in the first half hour uh, the Blue Devils find themselves offside six times because Wagga City Wanderers is playing, is defending so high. Uh, a very efficient uh, full press, uh, you know, and some key players from Belconnen, um, Michael Atonton, namely, uh, were just um, starved of any ball, any space. Uh, so, so I think the beginning of the game, Wagga City understood what was needed. And, and Belconnen is a very... Uh, it's a very physical team, you know, they, they are very good ball to fit, but they also are able to uh, show up 
um, you know, physically they got a bit of a bit of strength. Wagga City Wanderer is maybe with Canberra Croatia the only other team that brings that in the midfield with uh, with Miranda Walker specifically, uh, and you know even Megan Castle up front. Uh, they're really uh, yeah they're really solid. So that that strength with uh, the the enthusiasm of Maddie Harris and Tia Lyons that were jumping on every single ball made that game really interesting. Unfortunately, we are talking about Belcon United. Uh, and and Belconen will have opportunities and uh, you know six times they were offside but the seventh time uh, Jasmine Maguire was not offside at the 31st minute and then she found herself uh, able to score uh, a beautiful a beautiful goal by the way um, so Belconen United plays and plays and plays for 90 minutes and the goal can come from anywhere there's they got two players who have caught six goals now, a couple of the ones had three goals. Uh, they got uh, Nina Zarevac, who's played her second ever first grade game, who scored two goals in two games. Uh, so they, they're a team that's almost impossible to defend against. Uh, you know, uh, it, it sort of it sort of shows you how good Gungaling one was that day when they only considered one one goal because uh, because Balconen always bringing it. And um, this morning I was interviewing Jesse Rashard the uh, the fullback from Belconen and we discussed a little bit. Uh, you know, I met Ugu coming in as a young coach in Belconen. You unfortunately, when you are a young coach and you come in a team that's winning everything, it's hard to get any credit because you know is he is he the one who's doing the team or is the team doing the job? And she was telling me that um, his level of training and and what he's trying to put in place for his team um, is actually very very high level, and the team is really enjoying having him in charge. Uh, they are all collectively. Uh, not yet happy to the level that they play. And if you're not happy with the level that you play and you score 33 goals in five games, <laughs> what's going to happen when they end up being happy with it? Um, so yeah, anyway, all, all that to say, um, they, they, are, they are as good as we know that they are and they are definitely in pole position for the crown this season. The game against Camera Croatia this weekend is going to be um, crucial for confidence for either team. Camera Croatia has won four games out of four right now. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a disadvantage for the Jikin side if they have to play against Monaro midweek and then against Belconen at the end of the week. Uh, but it just is going to it's just going to spice up the game. I certainly will. I certainly will. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, what's your um, thoughts on that matchup specifically before we move on? Uh, that mo- that matchup coming up. Th- uh, how do you see it playing out? I think uh, I think you know from from what we've seen. It's it's just going to be a very very tough matchup. I don't I don't think there's going to be many goals like you said. We've seen uh, very good defenses. We've seen that Canberra Croatia doesn't necessarily defend really high. You know, uh, Ryan Affenson uh, likes to drop a little bit lower um, where Baconan can score on corners or on long balls. Canberra Croatia is, and when Canberra Croatia can score, those those long shots by Grace Gill uh, or or Brittany Palombi is where the strength from Baconan is as well so I think it's just going to be a very a very tough matchup and I'm looking forward to watching it indeed you would be and we all are okay now next up we've got a match that we both commentated mm-hmm. yesterday Canberra Olympic uh, 6-2 winners over Canberra United Academy Sykes with a double Dawson with a double uh, Hampson and Jones with the goals for Canberra Olympic and then for United we had Sasha Grove with a goal and Roden in the last minutes Okay, this is absolutely a massive victory for Canberra Olympic because mm-hmm. this now firmly places them in the top four with a game in hand over the team they just defeated, the CUA. Um, and this may, allows them to control their own narrative. We talked about that a little bit um, and it's going to be 
mention a little more, I'm sure, next week as well when we talk about it. Because uh, this uh, controls our narrative in terms of the finals. Um, I spoke a little bit about it with my interview that's coming up with Andrew Woodman. He said it's always good to um, be able to control your narrative because at the end of the day, it, it, you can only blame yourself mm-hmm. if, if you guys lose. Um, that, that's not what he said, but that's what I'm sort of getting out here. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you, you're controlling the narrative, you know you don't have to worry. There's no other psychological issues. You, you don't have to worry about, oh, how's this team? Uh, let's hope this team get a result. Let's hope that this team can get a result. It's, you only have to focus on your game. So it does give you that advantage, as we've discussed. Um, Olympic did concede early, though. And uh, we discussed on commentary how, against the bigger teams, they're going to have to try and uh, get out of the box more and... Um, Try not to concede early because uh, if they concede early against Belco, like you, like you know, it, 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 it might not end up well. And same, and it didn't work, end up well against Canberra Croatia either. So, and I know it was a closer matchup, but against the Gungahlin as well, when they conceded, they weren't able to come back. So, um, so they did well to come back considering they conceded, because like, the other games they conceded, they haven't been able to come back and win. But uh, against Belconnen, or especially for the finals, they're going to have to figure out a, a way to get a, uh, get on the score sheet first and sort of start the match a little better in that regard. But all credit to them. They conceded, but they didn't let it hinder them like it did the other games. They came back straight away. Uh, they scored three minutes later. Uh, like you're, I'm sure you're going to mention, I thought some of the play was outstanding, though, from uh, Olympic, uh, especially uh, using Ashley Sykes in terms... I think she's... Uh, well, what, what I've seen of her anyway, especially in this matchup, she's most effective in terms of running onto the ball. So put a through ball in or a ball over the top and uh, she has the, just the, the know-how to get on uh, to either... She has the speed to get on the ball and she also has the, the knowledge to read the play and she knows where it's going to be. And uh, we mentioned, joked on commentary, we wouldn't be able to tell that Nicole and her assistant <laughs> because some of the play, uh, some of the one-twos around plays they were doing, they were doing it for fun and looked like they've been playing their whole lives, which obviously they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole Begg was very versatile as always. She even played a little bit defending as well. I thought Sienna Farah, especially in the first half, was very, very good linking up players. As you mentioned before, she's more of a midfielder um, than a fullback, but she did well in that position. And uh, one of the main shout-outs I want to give is to Ella Hemmings. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. She's uh, she's smaller than the rest of the um, some of the rest of the central defenders um, on her team anyway. But um, that pace, that pace was absolutely amazing. Um, and even like her physicality, I thought was on point today. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, yesterday. And um, uh, when she runs, it's like the glue's stuck to her, uh, the ball's glued to her feet. She just mm-hmm. uh, fantastic at dribbling, so sort of like that. Um, that's sort of like the the, the, the modern day centre back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're very um, they want someone at least one person who's very good with the ball that can keep the ball and whatnot. And she did very very well, and um, I thought her speed and uh, also her timing for her tackles was spot on. Uh, before we move on to Canberra United, what do you think of uh, Canberra Olympic today? Look, I think uh, I think yeah, the the twins uh, Ashley Sykes and, and Nicole Beg just did really well. I mean, Nicole Beg gets four assists uh, out of six goals, so it, it shows. Her impact uh, in there, and, and the last goal from Ashley Sykes was just a one-two, one-two, one-two between the two. Uh, so we've seen how strong Olympic can be offensively. I think we've always seen that um, they are better offensively than they are defensively. Uh, to go back to your point, uh, and that might gonna, that might be uh, their fall when they have to re- to face sorry the Canberra Croatia, Belconnen, and, and Gongalin. Um, we we see the team progressing. It's a young team. That's the first year that. All those guys play together. There are some automatism. We can see that um, you know Hemmings and Farah used to play together because they find each other quite easily. We can see that Beg uh, and Sykes are nurturing this group uh, to to progress little by little. You know, great to see uh, Dawson finding the the back of the net twice. 
and they've played without Emily Hoffman, who's been so so great for them since the beginning of the season. So yeah, I think they don't have anything to prove offensively. Uh, it's about strengthening that, bolstering that defense, I say, and uh, and not necessarily the back four, but more just in front of it, avoiding anybody being able to shoot from just outside the box. Uh, they are lucky that Angelica Parina is a great goalkeeper, but if there's eight or nine shots like it happened against Canberra, Croatia, she can't she can't get them all out, unfortunately. And in terms of CUA, um, I thought they played quite well in the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Well, especially in terms of reading play, because like I said, Olympia like to do the through balls and the, the balls over the top and the one two quick one-two passes around each other. So Cambry United really, uh, you could tell, especially at the start of the match, they were really working on trying to read that play correctly. And uh, the defense did well in that regard. But even after they were overrun um, in terms of not being able to read the play just on time, I thought uh, keeper Isabel Davy did an outstanding job. Mm-hmm. I mean, even after a couple of goals she conceded, she was still she saving. She was, not only was she saving a lot, but she was also reading a lot of that play. Like I mentioned how they were always using Ashley Sykes for one not to run onto the ball. She, there was more than a few times where she was there to there before, the, before her to sweep it out or to grab the ball or to... Uh, just get yourself in front of the ball sort of thing. So I thought Isabel David did a fantastic job and like I said, she made a lot of great saves. It does seem unlikely that CUA will make the finals now as they have the bye upcoming. And then and then if obviously if Canberra Olympic get a win this week and there's a bye, then there's more of a gap between them. So that doesn't uh, let Leafs fade out of their hands, uh, which is the common theme of the show so far today. <laughs> uh, but what did you make of uh, CUA in this matchup? Yeah, look, look there, there was there was a lot of positives. I mean, one positive that we discuss every week is their ability to create opportunity. They do bring the ball into the, the box and they do uh, find shots. Unfortunately, uh, they weren't able to find the back of the net as much as they would like to do. Uh, they've also, at the beginning of the game, they, they were able to sort of close out Sykes. You know, I think Annalise Grove and Daisy Canavan, one after the other, were really good at just breathing down Sykes' neck and making sure that she didn't have enough any space to turn around. How many times did we see that ball through the wing? Uh, Sykes trying to dribble and then Annalise Grove putting her putting her foot there. Uh, so so there, there was a lot of positive in the game. And unfortunately, all those through balls coming from Alexandra Cook or coming from um, Lara Burlett uh, for for the back for, for the back, for the front three. Sorry. Uh, at one point, I'll just there's going to be one moment where you pay less attention. Uh, and you know we could hear uh, Scott, Scott O'Donnell on the side saying that's what happened when you don't chase your your player. Uh, it is it is what it is. It's it's a learning curve for Cam Wright and Academy. It's it's sad that it will take a little miracle to to find them in the top four, but it is what it is. Um, their their star striker wasn't playing this weekend. Uh, Haley Taylor Young uh, apparently was recovering for for a little hip injury, uh, which is why she wasn't playing. Uh, but but it's. I think they are a talented team. We, we see it week in, week out. I think they are learning, playing against all those players that already have W League experience. Uh, and it's um, it's something that they'll just benefit from. It's It was an interesting game to commentate. And uh, I had a chat with um, Scott O'Donnell. I'll bring it up uh, just shortly. But he did mention sort of what you said there. He said it was a learning curve because... Uh, that's what happened, like you said. That's what happens if you don't chase your player. Or that's what happens if you lose your marker like that or whatnot. Uh, he mentions that in um, in this interview uh, coming up right now. All right, so not the result you guys were looking for yesterday. What did you make of how the game played out? Yeah, I was happy with the first half performance. I think we probably played our best first half of football, particularly when we had the ball. Um, 
but it, we we got delivered a good lesson in um, what happens if you don't close the play on the ball and if you don't track your runners, you get punished, and that's exactly what happened. Ashton Nicole tore us apart, and they showed that was a good exhibition of um, movement off the ball and movement after you pass the ball to keep going, and our girls just weren't tracking our runners and not putting enough pressure on the ball, and we got punished for it. Um, said to the girls after the game, it was a good lesson. But uh, the first half, um, you know, I was, we were all pretty confident at halftime, to be honest with you. We thought we played some decent football, scored a good goal, could have had a couple of others. Um, but that's the way it goes, mate. Yeah, and you mentioned before about building, um, using all these experiences to to build for the team, like for next year and uh, and moving forward. And I thought, like especially in the first half, like first twenty minutes or so, um, the team did uh, quite. Your team did quite well in uh, reading play and, like you said, tracking uh, tracking runners. And like last week as well, especially at the start, I thought um, you guys matched the intensity of uh, Camp Crusher quite well in the first uh, thirty or so minutes. Like, are you guys using those experiences to to build on for next season? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll build on it for the rest of the season, yeah. even though the NPLW is going to finish relatively soon. We still keep going. We've got a full-time program, so we'll be going till the end of, uh, or to mid-December. So we'll be organising more games, um, depending on what happens with COVID, but we're looking to organise some games up in Sydney and that as well. So this is just part of their development, and, and we've got to... Um, it's part of our job as our coaches to develop the players as individuals and, and as a team. And you're right, I thought Canberra Croatia's first half was, wasn't a bad performance either. Um, but I've got to do that for 90 minutes. You just can't do it for 45 minutes. And you get punished when you play against better teams. If you switch off, you lose concentration. And that's something that we've got to, um, that we've got to learn. But they're a young bunch of girls and they're really keen and enthusiastic. So we've just got to keep plugging away and keep working hard at training and um, hopefully we see the development and learning from our lessons. And next week you guys have a bye. Is there anything uh, planned, a game or just the week off of the girls? Yeah, no, we're, 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 we've got a few injuries at the moment so we're going to, we're still train. Um, we'll, we'll give them one day off this week um, but um, we've got a game organised against the 14s boys on um, Saturday morning so. I also had a chat to Olympic coach Andrew Woodman today. Big win for your girls yesterday. Um, puts you guys in fourth place as well with a game in hand over the CUA, uh, the team you defeated. So what did you make of the overall performance? Oh, it was a really good performance for us. Um, you know, it was the sort of performance which we, uh, we were confident we could have based on, uh, I guess, you know, how we trained during week in the lead up um it was disappointing we weren't able to train on thursday um but tuesday we had a really good hit out and um yeah we were we sort of executed uh very much the way we wanted to and um really pleasing to see obviously how well we ran out the game as well in that second half and you guys have had a few big matches now against uh the uh top uh, a lot a lot of your top four fellow opposition do you guys mm. feel you are a little more well suited now heading into um uh, the Monaro and Bell Connor matches in the next two rounds, considering you've you've played most of the field and you've played most of the teams. If you make the finals, that you'll be playing. Yeah, look, I think um, you know, round one when we played Game Gal, you know, that was a team that whilst we we knew of them before because they kept the similar squad. Um, we didn't really know what to expect in terms of where they're at, but I think all the teams we've played since then, you know, supported by the the great coverage that's available and that obviously supports preparation. Um, I guess in that respect, um, we felt reasonably well placed 
generally well placed in every game we've played so far. I just haven't executed, um, at, you know, for a full 90 minutes as much as we'd like. And obviously, teams pose different challenges. And certainly, um, uh, you know, I guess two weeks back against CFC, we didn't um, we didn't adjust well in that first half. But um, we were much much happy with how we went against, went against things against CUA. And and obviously, we'll be looking to um, uh, have put in a similar, I guess, full match performance leading to the Monero game. And the first time we chatted was, of course, in, in round one. How do you feel your team has uh, improved since then? Of course, Ashley Sykes wasn't in that game, and she's been obviously uh, very good to her to her standard, and uh, so was Nicole Begg, especially with the... Um, with the uh, One thing I've realised, especially with the um, how, how well she plays off the ball, like with the, the through balls and the, um, the amount of through balls and the balls over the top you put in, she reads play very well, and she's always the first to the ball in that regard. So how do you... Um, how happy are you with the way the team has uh, performed throughout the, the season? Yeah, really happy with how we're progressing. And um, it's very much a step-by-step, you know, proposition for us in terms of session-to-session, whether it's trainings and, and games. And, yeah, we've definitely got a lot of um, players, you know, epitomised by um, Nicole and Ashley who just do read the game so well, as well as being super football athletes. So, you know, we've got so many players in our team that have great football brains. And, um, you know, definitely a big focus for us has been uh, supported by the fact we've got a lot of new players obviously this year as well, just to keep you know building that those understandings in the context of our specific team and how we're trying to play moving forward. And we're making some really significant strides there from session to session, um, and that's one of the really pleasing things about where we're at at the moment. Okay, and there was one more matchup in MPLW, which was Tuggeron United versus Woden Western. It was a nil-nil stalemate over at Melrose Synthetic. It is Tuggeron's second point of the season. And uh, Woden Western, of course, were looking to keep a clean sheet after their uh, 7-0 loss to Belconnen. Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, it, it's the first uh, goalless draw of the season in NPLW. It's the first time we're seeing that this season. Uh, and it's the first time Tuggeron keeps a clean sheet. Uh, the second time in the week for Wooden Western after Monaco Panther, which which was two half in three weeks. Um, but yeah, it, it was you know it was a, a real battle in the midfield. Um, both teams try and play their games, but were basically sort of cancelling each other. Um, I think I think Simbot's team will have regrets because they did get a penalty uh, early in the first half. That unfortunately Van der Broek, after she scored two goals during the week, uh, this time uh, couldn't couldn't score the penalty. Uh, credit to Isabella Sanzari, though she she stayed put and then she was really quick to uh, to lay down and get the ball. Uh, it, it was a bit of a duel between uh, Isabella Sanzari and Christina Esposito, the the goalkeeper from Wooden Western, because um, she had to. They both had to. Um, show their skills and, and show off their composure. There was a, an, a 1v1 for Emma Stanbury um, against Esposito, that Esposito did really well uh, as well. So, look, I, I don't think either team will be really, really happy. You know, Warden Western had like a tiny hope that if, it, if they won that game, the second game in the week, uh, there was maybe something to do. Uh, to, to try and get to the top four. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, Michael Aldred was, was telling me when we discussed quickly that um, the team is just learning. Uh, he's seeing better things every week and he's just building for, for next week. He's very happy about what Emma Stanbury is bringing to the team. Uh, we could see we could see that every time the ball was going to her or, or Freeman uh, up front, who was actually really good, Jackie Freeman as well, uh, they were able to keep the ball a little bit more than they've been able to do it in the past. Uh, I think I think Sam Boyd will be disappointed. I think he had better expectations this season. Uh, he'll, he'll just have to work a little bit 
to get where they want to be. And uh, next week we have MPLW round seven fixtures, which are Monaro Panthers versus Canberra Olympic Saturday at 1 p.m. at Riverside Football Stadium. That one is being commentated, I believe, by Lachlan and Lachlan Roberts and Grace Gill. Then on Sunday we were Canberra Croatia versus Belconnen United. Earlier start time than usual. Sunday 12:15 p.m. at Deakin Stadium, commentated by Russ and Sarah West. Sarah West. Sarah West. Yep. And we've got Tuggeran United versus Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday 3.10 at Canberra 201. And then the match we are commentating on is Woden Western versus Gungahlin United, Sunday 3.15pm at Melrose Synthetic. And of course, Canberra United Academy are playing the bye. And before we move on, you did mention there this, that the Tuggeran Woden match was the first stalemate nil-nil of the season in MPLW, which is, which is uh, quite incredible. It's good to mm-hmm. see that there's a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, good, positive, uh, entertaining football out there for MPLW. Mm-hmm, indeed. Okay, so moving on. Unfortunately, in MPL2, though, there were no matches played this week uh, due to the most of the ACT public grounds that aren't synthetic pitches being closed. Uh, some of them, though, have been moved to midweek and they have been confirmed on the Sports TG website, which is Narrabunda versus Queanbeyan City, which will be played at Wednesday on Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the Hawker Football Centre. And then O'Connor Knights versus Western Malonglo, Thursday, 6.35 p.m. at Woden Park, enclosed. And then yet to be announced, most likely, due to the travelling sides uh, midweek. is obviously a little bit more difficult for them. It takes more more time and notice uh, to get an organisation for that to happen, which is was White Eagles versus Wagga City Wanderers and ANU versus... Ugali. Um, that leaves me a little disappointed. I'm always, uh, I always enjoy talking about MPL two as I do with, um, <laughs> as I do with MPL, um, as I do with the MPLW and the MPL one. Um, however, there is a little midweek fixture res- uh, result we will comment on quickly, which was O'Connor Knights six one win over Narabunda. This is O'Connor's first win of the season in that regard. Jeremy, I think um, they'll be very, very happy to get that sort of win. Uh, don't you think? Yeah, we discussed that last week. Uh, the fact that O'Connor was one of those teams that, in case of promotion or relegation, were going to be the candidate to promotion, and then uh, was a, were a bit disappointed and didn't didn't show up as much as we would like them to. Uh, I guess I guess they're waking up. I guess they they don't want to be the team that doesn't win uh, for a whole season. So they they woke up in and in style, you know, a good six-one win. It's a good way for them to maybe launch next season uh, a little bit a little bit early. Uh, indeed, and don't forget there were um, there will be more matches though in round seven, and I'm sure the um, those the White Eagles and Wagga and the ANU Ugali will be rescheduled soon, probably for the following week, I would say. Um, now, like I said, the round seven fixtures we got Wagga City Wanderers versus Queen City, which should be a very close and enticing matchup on Saturday 3 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Then we've got Western Malonglo versus White Eagles, Saturday 3.15 p.m. at Woden Park in close. That is technically a home game for Western Malonglo, but it's technically a home game for both sides. They both play at Woden Park in closed. And then you got Narrabunda, Saturday 4.15 at Solar Mad Stadium. And then we've got Brindabella Blues versus O'Connor Knights, 6.25 at Corwell 204 on Saturday. So there we go. Usually MPL two is both, and then of course ANU have the bye. Usually MPL two, you've got two matches. Both are all the Canberra matches are usually scheduled at the same time. But if you want to go see two MPL two matches, you can do it this weekend <laughs> because you've got Western Malongolo and White Eagles playing. Then uh, then after that, you've got about an hour, and then you can uh, head over not very far down the road to Corwell um, 
for their matchup, for the Brindabella Blues matchup against O'Connor Knights, which will be interesting to see how O'Connor bounced back after they got their first win of the season. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Brindabella Blues will be looking to continue and uh, get another win of their up-and-down season so far. All right, Jeremy. Uh, like I said, a um, bit of a short episode this week because no MPL 2. <laughs> and, uh, of, of, of course, there was also one match that we couldn't uh, do on MPLW. Very good to have you on, as always. Uh, any last words about um, uh, Capital Football uh, MPL this week or next week or your Farmer's Corner podcast or anything <laughs> before you leave? Th- thanks for having me. You know, I think I'm pretty excited about this weekend. Uh, last round of NPL 1 uh, promised a lot of action uh, and, and NPLW, although it seems that we have the the last, the top four, uh, Cambrai, Croatia against Belgrade is always a, an amazing game. Uh, so yeah, do tune in to Bar TV or to the YouTube channel of Capital Football uh, and follow all those games this weekend. Uh, I expect a few crackers. Thank you for having me, Matt, today. No, thank you, Jeremy. We look back to having you on in two weeks' time when we pre here. when we preview the MPLW uh, finals. But uh, of course, since there's less teams in MPL one, we'll be previewing those finals first. And hopefully next week on the show, we'll have Russ Gibbs. And Frank Keisha, everyone's favorite commentary team. <laughs> uh, see, we're not putting ourselves over there like that. Uh, we're putting everyone else over. They so, have the one. <laughs> so they're everyone's favorite commentary team. So they've been, they've commentated at least one ra- one match every round together. So it'll mm-hmm. be good to get as a collective, like I said, their thoughts, their opinions, their uh, on how the season's gone so far for MPL One and how they think the finals uh, round robin tournament is going to play out and who they think are the favorites uh, to win it all, or at least sorry, their favorites to make the final anyway. So I'm looking forward to that next week. All right. Uh, th- like I said, thank you very much, Jeremy. Thank you. And thank you very much to everyone for uh, staying tuned and enjoying the show. Just enjoy the football, guys. Uh, unfortunately, there won't be much left this season, but um, enjoy what we've got. Thank you very much. <laughs>